first and moose week 10 reactionary podcast coming at you right now with connor and manny and the season's been a little odd I, i would say at least at least from my perspective i mean it'll it'll probably come back to some some normalcy obviously not as odd as last year with the with the COVID side of things but there just isn't like two or three to four teams generally have kind of gotten away from the pack and as of yet I think there's such a weird in the AFC and NFC there's such like a weird middle ground of we don't know what teams are actually going to become the best in their divisions. It's just kind of like they're all randomly losing really bad games. They should win. We saw the Bucs lose yesterday to the football team. Didn't expect that. We've seen the Bills lose the Jaguars. I mean, it's just it's just odd overall. I guess since we're we're 10 weeks in, Manny, how, how are you enjoying that? Do you enjoy the upsets or do you prefer some teams to be uh, looking better than the rest? I, I definitely enjoy the upsets. Um, it makes for a much more entertaining, uh, I guess, weeks. I guess I enjoy watching the other games more than just my typical Steelers play, uh, with the exception of yesterday. That was probably obvious, arguably the worst football game I've seen the Steelers play, but uh, maybe we'll get into that later. But, yeah, I like the, uh, I like the uncertainty of the games, especially the AFC teams that, uh, that it brings every week. I mean, on the AFC side, we've got the Titans eight and two, and then the next team is the Bills, currently at six and three. And then you got another six and three, a six and four, a five and three, a six and four, a five and four, and then a bunch of more five win teams. I mean, a five hundred team possibly can make the playoffs in the AFC, and then another five hundred team is probably going to make it on the NFC side. And it's just a little odd to me. I feel like. I mean, sure, we do have some teams that are better than the rest on each side, but not to like this extraordinary length that I feel like we're used to, especially since we've dealt with the Chiefs the past couple of years, just looking that much better. And then there's generally one or two teams on the NFC that were like, okay, they're going to make it. But now it's like, I feel like everyone has a shot. And I think we're, we're setting up currently for probably a very crazy postseason, but we say that now and then it'll probably be all chalk, but we, we can jump into yesterday. A blowout game. I want to start with, I want to start with Patriots Browns. I mean, wow. This was a blowout basically from the beginning. Did not expect this whatsoever, but the, the Patriots seems like they're, they're getting in groove, Manny. I mean, they're six and four. Are we, are we sure they're a playoff team? They seem like they're a playoff team. I mean, they dominated the Browns yesterday. And I don't – personally, I don't see them slowing down. They have a harder schedule ahead of them. But I think this defense is playing really well. And Mac Jones is finally, I think, starting to understand the NFL more and more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't know if you heard the this podcast – Last week, me and Patrick did a, like uh, our final standings or something, or have, which teams will make the playoffs. And I told Patrick that the Patriots were not only going to make the playoffs, but I told them that I fully believe that they're going to win that division. Um, the Bills are six and three, and the uh, the Patriots are right behind them at six and four. So, and they still have to play each other twice. So, the way that they're playing, I think they just have. You always hear like the cliche that you just got to get hot at the right time. Um, with the NFL, and I think that that's exactly what the Patriots are doing right now. Um, the Bills, I think most people would consider the Bills one of the two top teams, probably in the AFC, but they're kind of like iffy. They're on and off um, the way they played against the Jags. They weren't real. They weren't real convincing for most of the game last or this yesterday against the Jets. They were only up ten nothing, ten three for the majority of it, and then they kind of pulled away. Um, but the Patriots, I think, they're just they just have the more convincing of results and more convincing play style. Everything's just clicking for them. Mac Jones is finally coming around and yeah, they're just, their defense is playing really well too. Um, they're right on par f- for me with the, uh, with the Bills defense. So I think again, they're just getting hot at the right moment. And the way, once they do play the Bills, it'll be interesting to see how um, kind of how that Bills defense attacks that 
um, Patriots defense, and if they can find some weakness or if the Bills can get to Mac Jones would really be, I guess, the biggest question to see how he deals with that sort of pressure. But yeah, I like the Patriots going forward a lot. And Mac Jones has been pretty interesting because he's, I'd say, pretty obvious. He's in the best situation of any of the rookie QBs that were drafted. But I think he's still outperforming what we expected him to the level of play. Now, I mean, it's, it's hard to compare him to the others. Like I said, I mean, you've got a, a rookie QB on the Jets, one on the Jaguars, one on the 49ers, which the, the 49ers aren't playing up to what I expected this year by any means. But then Mac Jones, sure, doesn't have the best weapons in NFL, but is, is finding the right reads, has had a pretty good run game overall, and the offensive line is playing really well. And then that defense is – going to be top 10 and then possibly top five the rest of the year. And if they continue to play like they did yesterday, you're right. They have a chance at the division. It's going to be interesting, those two Bills games. They also got the Falcons. I'll call that a win. Jaguars, Dolphins, I'll call both of those a wins. And then you got Titans, Colts, which are kind of two toss-up games. That, that could go either way for me. And then on the other side with the Bills, they've got – a semi, I would say pretty similar schedule, to be honest. They've got some toss-up games, some games they should win, like the Jets and the Panthers. But then you've got Bucks, Saints, Colts as well that are definitely more difficult, and of course, the Patriots. But the Browns, my oh my, it's not looking good. And, you know, they have to get rid of Odell Beckham. Eventually that was chaotic. You know, we ended up going to the Rams – and I guess it ended up being good for the Rams since they lost Robert Woods. But oh, I I don't know what to even say at this point. I mean, I feel like once they get their run game back, but they're kind of they're gonna run out of time eventually to be able to turn things around. And then you're gonna start questioning things over and over again of what this team can do for the future. And if Baker is is the right QB, because they they just don't seem satisfied with him as of now. But what did you make of the Browns' performance yesterday, and how do you think they can improve going forward? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tuned into that game, obviously, just to see how the Browns were doing, how Baker would do finally um, getting rid of Odo Beckham Jr. And I think everybody had high hopes for it just because of the way that they have been playing um, with Odell. And then the times that he wasn't on the field, they actually looked pretty decent. So a lot of I was kind of interested to see how that would play out. But again, just yesterday, it was just the total, a total collapse, really. Um, you always hear the phrase that like Bill Belichick kind of like takes away something or just kind of zones in on something and like make you kind of one dimensional. And I think just yesterday, it kind of just, yeah, it kind of just zoned in really on like Baker Mayfield and really making him throw the ball. Um, they only had, they took the lead early, the Browns did. But after that, the Patriots kind of were up, I think three scores or two scores at least, if I'm, if I remember correctly. And then after that, you have to kind of forcing Baker to throw the ball. And you saw how that ended up. He threw um, one or if not two interceptions, then he ended up getting hurt and they had to bring in Case Keenum. So after that, just the tires completely fell off for the Browns. And I think just from that, what that game told me is that obviously that the Browns are, are one dimensional, but on offense, but their defense hasn't really been living up to the expectations that a lot of people had, I think. Um, the big story, obviously, was Baker and how he would develop with Odell if he would get that connection, but that's obviously written off. So um, I think the one certainty that people had was that that defense would kind of hold them in games. They would really control the tempo of running the ball and playing off their defense, but that defense has really been not uh, anywhere near the, what people expected them to be. They have Miles Garrett, Clown, they have Jadavian Clowney, they signed him, but he hasn't really done much. Um, their secondary kind of isn't as well as a lot of people thought they'd be. They drafted the, the linebacker from Notre Dame, but even still, like, their defense just gives up a lot of points and really has no, like, resistance when they're going up against the better teams. They gave up a bunch of points to the Chargers, now the Patriots. So I think it's just a big disappointment, I think. I think the Browns are probably arguably one of the more disappointing teams, along with, like, the, along with the, the Dolphins, sorry, um, this season. And I think it shows that just with the inconsistency of their plan, now they find themselves at five, five and five, and they still have all, I think they have at least three more um, division games left. So it doesn't get any easier, but, um, and you have to see how Baker develops too. So it'll just be, 
interesting to see how they kind of piece everything together when it just seems like everything's falling apart. And to me, they just haven't had a really great win thus far. I mean, they're, they're five wins. Texans, not impressive. Bears, to me, not very impressive. Vikings, not very impressive. Not the, not the worst win. You got Broncos, not impressive. Their, their best win is the Bengals, which, I mean, is, is good. But their, their losses are against all playoff teams. and They just don't seem like they're there yet. The, luckily, like we are talking before in the opening, is that it's kind of a muggy uh, middle of the AFC. There's no – teams aren't really pulling away as of yet. It might happen eventually. But right now the Browns are still in the thick of it. They've got plenty of time to figure it out. You're, you're going against this, the Lions this upcoming week. and I mean, that should be a win. Um, and then you got two Ravens games, which – are difficult Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. So it's it's a difficult road ahead for them, but it'll be interesting to see how they turn things around. The game I was happy about was the Packers, Seahawks. Packers move to eight and two. If Rodgers didn't have his COVID stuff, they would be nine and one. I'd feel a lot more comfortable to be honest, because I think they would, they would have beaten the Chiefs if Rodgers was obviously there. But choices were made earlier in this uh, 2021 year that prevented them. Anyway, though, really good performance defensively by the Packers. And as a Packers fan, I am stunned. That is the only way I can say it. I'm stunned that this defense is playing as well as they are right now, especially with the injuries. They don't have Darius Smith. They don't have... Jerry Alexander, and we somehow keep on getting more injuries on the defense. Rashawn Gary could be out for a little bit. Uh, there's a couple other players that are out, and then it's just odd to see that they're playing this well. It's exciting. I hope the defense isn't peaking at the right time. I hope they peak in the playoffs. They don't peak in the middle of the season. But it's looking like one of the better defenses in the NFL. The offense looked okay. They got things going eventually. But on the Seahawks side, what do you make of the Russell Wilson performance? They fall to three and six, Manny. I mean, he didn't look great yesterday. He was shut out. I believe, like they were saying on the broadcast, for the first time he's ever since he's been a starter. And, I mean, it doesn't look like this offense has approved much from last year, which they had a, a firing over the offense, and it's looking more of the same overall. I mean, the biggest thing I took away from that was just um, the way Russell, it just, there just seemed to be like a disconnect um, with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Um, Gerald Everett did okay, but even still, I think Russell Wilson just, I don't know, it just, it wasn't like a week or a little bit over since he played. So that was obviously going to be some rust, but you didn't expect it to, you didn't expect him to be held to like zero receiving yards in all of the first half. That that's, that's um, that's unheard of, really, for somebody like Russell Wilson, the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who it just seems that they have such a great connection, such great chemistry that they always know how to find each other, how to make the, how to get the best out of each other. But um, some of that credit does go, like you said, Connor, to the Packers' defense. They were they impressed me a lot yesterday. Again, with all the injuries that they have, they're still playing as well as they they do. They just they just get have a, a really good pass rush. I think the Packers do, even with like their injuries, Preston Smith is doing very, very good. He's always getting pressure in there. And then um, on the backside, you just have guys, I think Kevin King, um, he got an interception yesterday, so that's good to see after he struggled in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, credit goes to the Packers for that. But for the uh, for the Seahawks now, they're standing at three and six. Again, if this was the AFC, I would probably still say that there's a chance that they still make it. But obviously in the NFC, I think there's only at this point, probably one, maybe two spots that you're playing for, um, for a playoff for that uh, wild card. So standing at three and six, I just, it's hard for me to see them kind of making any sort of push going forward the way that they're playing. Their defense is, is okay, but again, just overall as a team, they're not really kind of clicking. And again, as in such a tough division as well, um, I don't see them really making any noise going forward. So I think just the best thing to do would now would just be probably kind of playing the games now that you haven't seen 
seeing what you have at the end of the season, kind of regrouping and seeing how Russell Wilson feels because there was a lot of noise that he could leave this season. So now you have to, I think, do the best. If you're the Seahawks, like Pete Carroll, their management, you have to do the best job that you can to try and convince them that this is this is still a spot that we still need you somewhere. You can still play good and have a chance to win because if they lose him, then it's a, it's a complete um, blow up of the situation. They got to rethink everything going forward. Yeah, I mean, if they lose Russell Wilson, I think you just get rid of Pete Carroll. To be honest, I I don't I don't see the. I feel like I would just completely restart over at that point. And it's it's an odd situation. Russ Wilson is a MVP caliber quarterback, one of the few in the league. Uh, he can win you a Super Bowl, but he needs help, and the team just isn't providing it. That O line, I feel like we've said for years now is struggled and it just continues to struggle and they haven't been able to fix it yet. And yeah, I don't know, Manny, I I don't see them turning around at this point. They're in a difficult division and you're right. The the NFC is a little too top heavy. You've got one or two spots that you could sneak in if you get lucky, but there's, there's luck involved. And so far the Seahawks don't have that luck currently. But moving forward to another game, the Titans keep on finding ways to win. And that's very good. I still am not a believer without Derrick Henry at the end of the day. Tannehill is playing well. He has to continue to play well. But are are we thinking this is going to be the number one seed in, in the AFC manager, are we still thinking without Derrick Henry, even though they're continuing to win, continue to find ways to win, and it's been impressive, but are, could you convince someone or even yourself that they're a possible number one seed? Uh, definitely. I could definitely convince myself that they could end up getting the number one seed just um, just because of the fact they just beat they just beat the Saints. Um, a few questionable calls um, that happened in the game, but regardless, they still won. And then going forward, they have the Texans next this coming week should be a win. The Patriots could be tough, difficult, but even still, you still have a chance. And you got the Jaguars, the Steelers, and the 49ers. Um, so all, all not impossible games to win. The toughest one probably being the Patriots or maybe even the Steelers if you catch them on a good day. But Again, if they, I think they'll do well with the remainder of their schedule, and I could definitely see them as the number one seed, just because again, like I said, the Bills, um, they're kind of iffy with the Pigeons in that divisional battle. So for the number one seed, yeah, I'm definitely on board with that. But I think once we get into the playoffs, I think it, I just can't find enough reasoning to convince myself that this team can go far without having essentially like an important like the quarterback equivalent importance of a player in Derrick Henry um, being there. I mean, there's a chance, I know that there's a chance that they're saying he might be there, um, depending if everything goes well with his recovery and everything. But if he's not there, I just can't, like, I can't find myself to convince myself really to have somebody like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like importance to a team, take them out and still think that they're going to win the whole thing and make uh, noise in the playoffs. So if he's not there, I don't think they'll really go far in the playoffs. But if he, if there's a chance he can come back, I I do have some confidence that they can hold it down until he does come back. Then at that point, the way that if they continue to play this well, if their defense continues to play this well, they could it could surprise a lot of people um, once they get to the playoffs. And I feel like the Titans. Are, are a great underdog team. They, they find ways to win when they're not favored in games, when everyone doubts them. But I, I just can't see it happening, to be honest, in the playoffs. I think they're, uh, Mike Vabro is a, is a great coach, and he's uh, found a – has created a great culture in, in Tennessee. But, I, I mean, I just – I don't see it lasting in the playoffs. It's it's going well right now. I think, like you pointed out, they have a pretty easy-ish road ahead of them. But I, I don't trust the defense enough. It's playing all right, playing good enough at the moment, but it's just not good enough to be able to be Super Bowl caliber team. But we can transfer over to the New Orleans Saints, 
they stuck around this game a little bit more. I know I was kind of talking trash, not believing in the Titans currently, and maybe it'll be one of those teams where they eventually convince me. But the the New, New Orleans Saints have lost two in a row now, lost by two points in each game. And, you know, they're, they've got a great defense. And they just got to figure out a little bit more on offense to be able to win some close ones. They're, they're lucky they're five and four because they have a chance at that seventh seed or maybe even the sixth seed. But the offense needs to get going. And I thought they were a team that needed possibly Odell Beckham. I understand why Odell Beckham wouldn't want to go there. But without Michael Thomas returning, Alvin Kamara has injury issues. He needs to be on this team. He's an integral part of this team if they plan on making it to the playoffs and doing well in the playoffs. But on the defensive side, I trust them full way. Do you think this offense can get good enough, Manny? It's tough, um, like you said, um, just because uh, when you have uh, just really the only piece that they have that's kind of like an X-factor kind of game-changing piece is really Alvin Kamara. But the downside to that is what you still have somebody like that, opposing teams could just hone in on that and then just really take him away, especially a running back. They could just stack the box and then kind of make your quarterback, which is now really essentially a backup, and Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill try to beat you. And the receivers that they have are really the more, most high-caliber guys. You have Deontay uh, Smith, if, um, if I got his name wrong or right, um, Marcus Marquez Callaway. Um, and then other than that, you have Adam Troutman, too, as your tight end. But other than that, there's not really guys on the outside that can really scare you enough to really worry um, what they're going to do in one v one situations. Their defense, I think, is okay. Um, they're holding up. They're kind of doing whatever they can with the offense that they have. There's only so much you can do when your offense isn't really clicking and getting you back on the field after every three and out. Um, so again, they're sitting at five and four. I thought they were cut. They were sitting um, comfortably before, or excuse me, not that they they were in danger of losing that just because of the way they were playing and their division. But now with the Falcons dropping down to four and five, they were kind of threatening them. And the Panthers now are five and five. The Saints, I think the way that this is going, I think they're kind of my odd team out to like not make it into the into the playoffs if they continue to play that the way that they're doing. Um, things just seem to not be falling in their favor with the ref with the ref calls and and just the way that um, that the way that they play. I think possibly that the, the Panthers have a higher chance of, of getting one of those two last spots. And even uh, the Vikings now, four and five, two, I think both those two teams are convincing me a lot more than, than the Saints are. And unfortunately, if that's the way it goes, then they'll find themselves probably with a losing record and not in the playoffs, um, obviously, with the result of that. So I think next week will be vital for them to try and turn it around because if they don't, again, they'll just be they'll just be one of the outside teams looking in and kind of regretting all those decisions that they made um, throughout the season. You mentioned the Carolina Panthers. Cameron Newton is back. He let everyone know it. It was, I knew immediately when I saw the play, I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Social media is, is going to, to lose their minds. And I don't know if you know this about me, Manny, but I, I'm not a big cam newton fan i i'm just not not for him it goes back to his his mvp season so i'm I'm originally from north carolina and the uh panthers fans came out of came everywhere they just were they've been gone for years and just came out of the woods that year and they were beyond obnoxious so i i take it on cam newton a little bit because he he led that that dab nation and the annoyance of very loud fans that quickly disappeared afterward. But he's back and it is exciting. He adds a layer to this Panthers team that that needs this juice he provides, to be honest. And it's it's kind of hilarious that he's back in the Panthers. But what do you expect from him? I mean, I, he didn't really get the start yesterday. It was PJ Walker's team, but it looks like you know, they want Cam Newton to be the QB. He's, if they're going to be a playoff team that's actually in contention, they need Cam Newton to be the QB, not PJ Walker. 
So do you think Cam Newton can lead this team into the playoffs and be competitive in the playoffs? I think it's crazy how um, when Cam Newton was on the Patriots, everybody was quick to write him off and kind of say that he's kind of done and kind of gone a little bit washed up. But then once he comes back to the Panthers and just has, it goes three for four with eight. No, yeah, it goes eight for three for four with eight yards and has probably three carries for 14 yards. So everyone's blowing up and thinking that he's going to lead somehow lead this Panthers team into the playoffs and kind of resurge that, that MVP form that he has. I mean, it was great that he had two touchdowns, a rushing and the throwing one. But again, uh, I also saw that Matt Rule said that he was kind of prepping Cam to take over that starting role, like you said. But I don't, I don't even know if that's like the best option for them. I think he probably gives you, yeah, there's a bit of a threat running, but I'm PJ Walker can run too, and that doesn't really change much of the situation. They need somebody. The biggest problem that we've said constantly with the Panthers is having a quarterback that kind of limits the mistakes and is it's just a good thrower of the ball, accurate, doesn't make mistakes, won't lose you the game. And for the long, for the last couple of seasons, we've seen Cam Newton do exactly that with the Patriots. And I know it's a different system and all. Not everybody can play for Bill Belichick, but it it just doesn't give me any sort of motivation or confidence in Cam to suddenly turn that around now that he's back with the Panthers. Um, I don't think that system will really change his way of playing to just kind of instantly make him go back to this MVP form. I think that form or that version of Cam Newton isn't is kind of done is done done and dusted and just isn't ready to come back. I think. With either quarterback, I don't think it did. either quarterback gives you like the same chance of winning. I think they're still just gonna start Cam Newton because they had to sign him. And if you're gonna sign him, a player like Cam Newton, you're gonna you're gonna probably start him just because otherwise people will criticize you for making that move anyway. Um, they're gonna start him either way, and I think I think it's just more up to how Christian McCaffrey plays. Yes, yesterday we saw him kind of play like he usually does. He was their leading rusher and leading. Yeah, leading target and receiving. So that's I think that's the bigger story. Um, the real story of this game, how he's kind of getting back into form and they're gonna need that to have any sort of chance um going forward in that division, which is still uh second place is still up for grabs and that last playoff or wildcard spot is still up for grabs. They're gonna need him more than Cam, more than like PJ Walker, probably to have any sort of chance, like I said, because if he's not playing well and you have to rely on the arm of Cam Newton and PJ Walker. I don't see any hope really for this Panthers team, um, especially in the NFC. And the the Panthers are an interesting team because their defense has improved. Matt Rule has done, I'd say, a pretty good job above average. He hasn't blown my socks off yet, but he's also made some interesting decisions at the, the most important position in football at quarterback thus far. And I don't think there is a lot to take away from this game. Like you said, I mean, people were freaking out over a stat line where Cam didn't really have to do much. He did do well. He got two touchdowns in the time he, he played, but it was more of a gadget player. It was kind of like a Taysom Hill game, to be honest. And there's just, you can't take too much away from it because the Cardinals don't have their two best players and DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. So I really still don't have any worry. Uh, they they lose this game, obviously, but there's there's nothing to worry about on the side of the Cardinals. Moving forward, Manny, I'm sorry to make you talk about this, but you mentioned it earlier. You said it was probably one of the worst f- football games you've had to watch. And I'm not even a fan. I thought it was bad, but I hope I thought maybe possibly you would kind of enjoy it since you were a fan of one of the teams, but I feel like that made it even more uh, of a torture to watch this game. But what what did you think of it? What what was going through your mind? Were you scared to possibly lose to the Lions at one point? Were you like, oh, man, we're going to be that one team? For sure. I mean, it, talk about just like – just talk about like looking at a team that obviously in the Lions is, has basically given no chance of winning each and every week and then – having just a complete drop off in play once your starter goes out in Ben Roethlisberger. Um, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger didn't play because of COVID. Um, it later came out that he was the one that 
kind of reported it himself that he was like kind of having symptoms of it. And then he ended up being positive. So um, Ruto got the start and then great first drive. Uh, Throughout this whole game, I was really trying to convince myself that, hey, Mason Rudolph isn't that bad. Mason Rudolph is a solid back. If he could come in for Ben and kind of get it done. But as the game went on and on, that thought just quickly dwindled down to really having no confidence in Mason Rudolph. His best drive and his best um, sequence of passes were his first drive. And then after that, it was just kind of the same thing, just missing throws, not really um, deciding where to go with the ball, or just making the wrong choices with the ball. And it was just hard to watch offensively. Already our offense, is, our offense was already struggling with Ben. It's not like we were prolific with Ben. We weren't one of the top offenses with Ben in there, but we were at least, I would say, twice as good as we were yesterday. Yesterday was just really bad. Najee Harris did okay. He did as much as he could running the ball. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, too, it's just – it was really – it was possibly even harder to watch that just because – the, the Lions found it very easy to just run on us. I think they had over 200 yards rushing. And that was probably the more worrisome part for me because I knew Ben wasn't going to come back. I knew Mason Rudolph wasn't the answer. But it's just the way that they were able to run the ball on us and kind of just control the game from that. Um, as the game went on, the thought of positive releasing to the Lions did, did cross my mind. But um, then we saw a few throws from Jared Goff, and I kind of got more confidence um, from that. Um, but we still had a chance to win. It's just the, we just kind of beat ourselves at the end. Deontay Johnson fumbled after having that big play. Then with like eight seconds left, Pat Fryer moves fumbled again, and we just took the ball out of our hands. So um, it's gonna be rough for the Steelers because I think after this, it's gonna there's gonna be like a lot of criticism on the Steelers that they're weren't really good. But I just I'm not really worried about that just because, like I said, I think Ben will come back. Um, this week, hopefully, for, for the Chargers game, which will be a big game. Um, and I think we'll get back on track, at least offensively. Um, but other than that, I think um, it'll be interesting to see how our defense plays because Minka now has been diagnosed with COVID. So if he plays, it'll be good. TJ Watt also got in during that game, but it wasn't as um, serious as it looked. So those two got arguably our two best players on defense might not play on Sunday. So that's the big question going forward, especially in the game. I guess the Chargers who just lost to the Vikings and are also five and four and kind of falling off a little bit. I don't want to say that completely, but that'll be a huge game. And if we don't have those guys, that'll be a big problem for us if we drop to possibly five, four, and one. And it sounds to me that you're not too worried, which is good because I, I think I fall on the same side. I mean – your offense needs to be good, not great. The defense is what's going to take you to the playoffs and be competitive in the playoffs. And I think Roethlisberger, even though he's very old and does not play like a very great Roethlisberger, he plays good enough to make your offense a little bit, I would just say average overall and can make plays here and there. And I think that's really all you guys need this season. And I don't think it's too big of a worry. I mean, the the Lions gave a lot of teams scares this year. They they fight, and they saw a chance against a, a backup QB that you know is obviously a QB that is deserving of being a backup because if you're not, you you win a game like that. But the Chiefs, Manny, are back. If they were gone, I don't know. They had a they had a weird beginning. It's hard to explain this season. It's hard to explain what was going on with Mahomes, but I kind of feel like we should always have expected them to figure things out eventually. I mean, there's just too much talent on that offense for them not to figure it out. I mean, on the defensive side, I don't think that, you know, expecting them to figure out would be the correct thought process but on the offensive side I feel like you gotta be like come on they gotta figure it out you got Travis Kelsey Mahomes Tyreek Hill you got Andy Reid he's a definitely above average offensive coach and he ended up Mahomes in it with 400 yards five touchdowns and the Chiefs dominated the Raiders 41 to 14 Raiders fall to five and four Chiefs moved to six and four as a four seed in the playoffs, 
How do you feel about the Chiefs? Are you are you back on them? Are you still hesitant currently? Yeah, I, I like the Chiefs. Um, it was hard for me to kind of give up on them, kind of fall into what everybody else was saying about them. How they're not really the same. Um, it's just they're just too good offensively to not kind of put up a chance or kind of give up on them so early. Now they're they sit first. And kind of like kind of like the theme that we've been talking about this this podcast is they're kind of getting hot at the right time. Um, they're now six and four, not their first from going going from last to first in the division. And the Chargers and the Raiders are kind of kind of stuttering now um, on their path to, to finishing halfway through the season. They're kind of stuttering on their path. Um, obviously, the Raiders. Everybody knows what's going on with the Raiders. All the off the field issues that they have. Um, it's hard. It's hard to play that. It's hard to play a game when you have all that other stuff going on. It's almost impossible for it not to be a distraction when there's multiple stuff. There's probably now three things off the field that they had they've had to deal with. Um, and for the Chargers, it's just. Um, I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I haven't watched enough of the Chargers really to kind of dissect what I think the issue is. But again, they they lost to the to the Vikings now, and they lost to the Patriots. Um, so they're also kind of stuttering now. And I like the Chiefs going forward just because it seems that Patrick Mahomes is back, like you said, 406 yards. He threw for five touchdowns yesterday. Um, he looked a lot more decisive, a lot more like himself, not making, not trying to do too much with uh, with his possession that he had. And just, yeah, they just blew out, blew out the Raiders, a Raiders team that is struggling more on offense, I think, than defensively, just because their defense has a good I like their defense because of their their front their front four, I think, is solid and their 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 secondary is pretty good with um with Merrick back there and uh Hobbs that they got um in the draft. So I think and Casey Hayward too. I think their defense is solid, but offensively they don't in my opinion they don't get Darren Waller the ball enough. Uh, he's too good to just have um I think probably like five receptions yesterday, um, something like that. He's too good not to target him more. I know they want to spread the ball to the other guys that they have, but he needs to be a priority going forward. And if they don't, I think you're just going to see more of the same, really. Derek Carr not knowing where to go with the ball and ultimately making mistakes that lead um, to turnovers and kind of just not getting um, – not having a smooth flow to their offense. So – um, it's going to be tough. They're not completely out of it. I'm not writing them off for, for any, for anything, but it's, it's a little bit kind of worrying to see that they they were first and now they're kind of, kind of treading water right now. So it's not impossible to get back to it. They have the Bengals and they have the Cowboys, two winnable games and um, very good confidence boosters for them going forward. They need to win those two games. I think to kind of get the, the car back on track and kind of still keep pace with the, with the Chiefs that look to just, kind of find their their um, previous form. A weird game, a game I didn't expect, was, was the Buccaneers coming off a bye to lose to the Washington football team. The football team has not looked very good this year. The defense has not played up to what I expected. It's, you know, they the defense had to carry this team, obviously on the offensive side, you've had – some injuries at QB with Fitzpatrick, so that's an issue because Fitzpatrick does things that he just wins games that you know he shouldn't win. He also loses games that they they shouldn't lose. So it all evens out in the end. But the Bucks fall to six and three. Brady doesn't have a great game. He throws two interceptions. One of them was you know pretty pretty odd, and it was kind of a fluke. It just bounced off the receiver and stuff. But I mean. Just thinking about the Bucks, I don't. I wish I could get excited that hey, they're not doing too well, but I don't want to. I feel like people are always ready to be like, "Ah, oh, Tom Brady's finally done," and I, and I want to say that, but I'm always scared to say that. And this team has the talent, uh, pending you know health and whatnot, to make a run at another Super Bowl. So where are you leaning on? I know it's a bad loss, especially after you lose the Saints. You get a bye week. You should beat the Washington football team, but they have plenty of talent still to peak at the right moment like they did last year. Um, it's with the with the Bucks, I'm in the same boat just because um with Tom Brady, you see him struggle. Uh, I think a lot of people do want to say that 
he is kind of teetering on the fence of uh, possibly finally um, seeing some sort of decline. But it's hard when uh, when they return all 11 starters and they're basically ideally the same team that um, that won the Super Bowl last year. So when you see them at six and four and losing to you, the Saints, which was uh, divisional games are always going to be tough. So that was kind of like you're not too upset about it. But even still, you would want to win that game just because of the talent you have. And but then losing to the football team, it's like you start to wonder how could you how could you possibly like play like you did yesterday with the team that won the Super Bowl in such a dominant fashion. Um, I think also there's just, they just struggle with injuries. They're back or the secondary has been injured all season. They've been missing their top two, maybe even three um, defensive backs for the majority of this season. So that's, that's a point that they hope to get back and kind of change the narrative with their defense because they're um, currently giving up a bunch of yards and their passing defense just hasn't been anything close to what it was last year. Um, but I think also their front four aren't really getting to the quarterback as much. Um, you have you still have Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, and JPB there, but it's just for some reason they're they're just not getting the same amount of pressure, not getting the same amount of sacks that they did um, last year. Even with Devin White and um, Levante Levante David as well, um, they're not they're just not generating as much turnovers and as much pressure to kind of force those turnovers like they did last year because it I mean we saw yesterday that they really forced um Washington into many into too into too many critical um, possessions um to kind of make them like beat themselves ideally and then the pay the Packers no the Bucks would just capitalize on that. Um we didn't see that yesterday the football team um maintained their composure and ended up winning that game. Um but I think I'm not really too worried. Just like with the Chiefs, similarly with the Chiefs, they're just too talented really to kind of give up on them now. They still sit first at their division. Um, so nothing, nothing's really too worrisome for me going forward for them. After this, they have uh, the Giants and then they have the Colts and then the Falcons. And then they kind of get a little tougher. It gets a little tougher with the Bills and Saints again. But they should get the next possibly three wins and then people are kind of kind of forget about this uh this rough past these struggles um but yeah i'm not too worried about them now um but unless you lose to one of the next three teams then i'll start really questioning them but i don't see that i don't see that happening yeah i i want to worry about them but thus far i can't sadly last game i want to talk about and then one more thing to discuss before we go Vikings, Chargers, Chargers fall to five and four, and they kind of feel like that that team. I mean, is is Anthony Lynn still the coach? They're still losing games that they they should win. They're they're better than to me. The roster is better than a five and four team. Justin Herbert's still going to be a a great quarterback moving forward in the NFL, and he's going to be able to to lead this team. They have plenty of weapons on offense. They have a good offensive line. It's the defense that has been a little bit more of an issue thus far. And, I mean, I I just don't know what to think of the Chargers thus far, to be honest. I think Herbert's playing well enough, but they are kind of falling off here at the end. And I think that's an issue that you don't want to see. They've lost three of the last four. But their the road ahead is not not super hard, but not super easy. You got Steelers, Broncos, Bengals, Giants, Chiefs, and then three more games left on the schedule. So it's not super hard, but definitely some games they could lose in there, and it wouldn't be out of the picture. How are we feeling about the Chargers after ten weeks? I think I'm not as excited as I once was. I mean, in the beginning of the year, I was like, wow, this. This Chargers team, when they're sitting at four and one, I was like, they are AFC championship contenders. But now I'm kind of off that boat completely and saying, hey, they're a playoff team. But this is kind of where I expected them to be going in the season. And they just got off to a hot start, which I guess made me over uh, estimate where where they jumped this season. The th- the, I'm in the same Kind of position you are initially when I saw them play there when they first got right off the bat they were just very impressive I even thought they were probably they were my pick my probably going three or four weeks into the season they were my pick already for 
for representing the AFC. Um, but now, again, I'm kind of doubting them a little bit just because um, their offense, I think the off, offense and defensively, they're, they're okay, but they're not doing enough to be um, a real threat in the playoffs. So, I mean, yesterday, Austin Eckler ran for 11, 11 times for 44 yards, and Justin Herbert had only 195 yards and touchdown, and then he threw a pick. So not the more the most flashing of numbers, just like, okay. And they're, they find themselves in a similar position that they were last year with, with just being an okay team. And defensively, there's just not really – there's kind of being just, like, let down by their defense. There's not really – I mean, you have Joey Bosa um, there to bring a pass rush, but um, other than that, other than him, you don't really have any big – big stars coming or kind of showing up for that defense to kind of propel them to kind of depend on them when their offense is starting like it was yesterday. Um, I know they have, they got Derwin, Derwin James back too, but their secondary is just giving up a bunch of yards to, to opposing receivers. Kirk Cousins had a good game yesterday. Justin Jefferson had nine receptions for 143 yards. So that's every time, you, anytime you do anything, you give the opposing team, that kind of stat line is just never really going to pan out unless you're going toe to toe with them and scoring points. But when both sides aren't doing that, there's, there's obviously going to be games where one side of the ball is working, one's not, and you kind of depend on the other side to win you that game. But with the chargers, it doesn't seem like they have either side of the ball really working for them. They're just average. They're just an average team as of right now. Um, there's still a whole nother half of the season to go through, but as of now, their defense has just been average and, and offensively with as good as Justin Herbert is overall, they just look again, just average and not really giving you a threat that like their offense can win you games or their defense can win you games. It's like, if one of them is not working, then most likely the other one will be working and they're kind of be um, underwhelmed. They're being underwhelming team to really watch. And if you're a Chargers fan, I want to be too pessimistic just because I mean, they go into the season, they definitely weren't expected to be Super Bowl contenders by any means. And they, they've made a leap. You've just kind of squandered a little bit of opportunity that we thought they had. And that's okay, because hopefully they continue to make another leap next year and then the year following that, and they can, they can be a top AFC team. It just doesn't seem like they're there yet, especially on that defensive side. But before we go, Manny... I pulled up some bet MGM, the odds courtesy of them uh, for the NFL MVP odds. And, you know, I didn't think about this player being a possible MVP until I was listening to a podcast earlier and I kind of shrugged because I was like, man, they're right. He's got a chance to be MVP. So bet MGM's odds are Josh Allen number one currently and then you got Tom Brady and then Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott's the one I want to talk about because we're pretty sure he's going to do comeback player of the year where that's most likely guaranteed I mean there's there's just not really a contest in that kind of how Alex Smith was the comeback player of the year the year before but Dak Prescott has a lot of good narrative around him to be honest I mean the offensive is cooking last year they were nothing without him so then you can convince hey he is very valuable and then you've got people like Kyler Murray missing Aaron Rodgers has missed a little bit he's played good but not you know to his MVP season as of last year Tom Brady's played okay I'm I'm honestly shocked he's that high and then Matthew Stafford is fourth on the list but I think you can make the argument oh well look at all I mean, they have thousands of MVPs out in Los Angeles. And then Josh Allen has so far to me his really top contender. I mean, do you think Dak Prescott has a legit shot at MVP? That's uh, I didn't know that um, how Dak Prescott was uh, third or so high up in the list. It never even crossed my mind that he could he could be in there. It was always um, Kyler, Tom. And uh, even Lamar Jackson, I kind of had in there just because he was um, 
literally and figuratively carrying that Ravens team to any any one of their wins that they had. But obviously he lost they lost to the Dolphins. So I think um it's stupid to say, but I think that game it'll be one of the bigger points that kind of not let him win the MVP when you have a bad loss like that. So um yeah, but in terms of Dak, I didn't really know that he was so high up. And now that you brought it to my attention, it kind of does make make sense that he's up there just because of the the way that their offense is playing. Um, when they're clicking, they're they're full go, and it's hard to think of any team that could really kind of compete with them and score and kind of go toe to toe with them, scoring touchdowns on consecutive drives like that. Um, we saw what happens when they don't click. Obviously, when they had that terrible game um, just two weeks or last week against the, the Broncos, but that was only the real fluke. And other than that, um, offensively, they have been uh, arguably the top team or one of the top teams in scoring. Um, their running, their passing attack looks almost virtually impossible to really stop fully to fully stop with um, CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, and now they have Michael Gallup back too. It's just another weapon to add to to Dak Prescott and with Zeke running the ball, Tony Pollard to kind of spot them. They they are as close as you can get to really a complete offense. The only real question with the team overall is their defense, but in terms of Dak, I think he has everything in place for him to put up, at least put up the numbers to really make a case to win, obviously comeback player of the year and then MVP. He has a real shot at it. Just like, like, like you said, again, Josh, Josh Allen has had a few questionable games, but he's still in there just because of the overall performance. Tom Brady, obviously he leads the league still, if I'm not mistaken, in touchdowns. Um, so those two are justifiable for being in there. But Dak, if he still remains on that path, I think by the end of the season, he could be the overwhelming favorite to, to, to win that, to win two awards, just because if he keeps playing like that, the Cowboys will be in a great spot and he'll be putting up all the numbers to kind of have no other choice, but to give him the award really. So I didn't really know that, but that's interesting to see how, how that's the case and going forward it'll be nice to, or interesting to monitor how he does and kind of see how that situation plays out with, uh, with Kyler coming back too. he'll, He'll probably definitely have a say in, in that once he comes back. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it till earlier today because, I mean, it, it makes sense with just how things are, are playing out, but we, we've still got plenty of more weeks for the MVP conversation to probably com- completely change kind of how it goes, I mean, with, with uh, recency bias and whatnot. But that has been a recap of – NFL Week 10 on First and Moose with Connor and Manny. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get podcasts every week coming out on Mondays. Thank you for listening. As always, 